Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right, you can open up your Bibles this morning. We're going to be going to Mark chapter 16 in just a moment. And I want you to know that the world is filled with people, good people. The world is filled with people who love and people who forgive and people who hope and people who share, people who laugh, people who play, people who learn and people who grow. The world is filled with moms and dads who care about their families who go to work, keep house, make money, prepare meals, buy shoes and clothes, and every day take care of their families. The world is filled with good people. All around you, every day, you are passing wonderful people, people who are good and loving and caring and kind. People all around us are good Sure, there are a few bad actors. There are even the rare evil people that, that you know, someone may encounter from time to time. But that's very rare. Most people are very good and very loving and very caring. That's been your personal experience. That's been my personal experience. Unfortunately, sometimes it's the obnoxious ones or the, or the ones who are evil or the ones who are bent on tearing something up that have the bullhorns. But believe me, they are a very small minority of people that want to tear something up. Most people want to build something. Do you know people, uh, you know, uh, if, if you would just, you know, take away the bad, the loud, the angry, the small-minded that you might encounter very occasionally, unless you turn on the world news and it seems like they're hunting people down that, uh, you know, during, uh, during the Katrina catastrophe we had in our community, you know, we had 10,400 families come through here to receive help from the Red Cross. Sit right there in the seat you're sitting in. I put Andy Griffith up here, and we played it for days. And uh, they were lined up four and five across, six across, all the way from our front door, all the way through our parking lot, and out and down the road, all the way down to the station, almost down there to where uh, 69 and 347 meet. You know, uh, just, just wonderful, good people. We never had one problem with them. They never had to send out the police. They never had to send out the National Guard. You know, we, we fed, just the first week, I think, Robert, we fed 26,500 meals that first week. Hot meals right here in that foyer. And gave out truckloads of, 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 of goods and, and all these things. And, and uh, you know, just, just people helping people. And uh, it was so important uh, for us to, to, to just do it with a smile on our face because people in need are just like every one of us. We are surrounded by good people. In fact, when it was over, do you know that the Red Cross, the director of the Red Cross, flew me to Washington, D.C. so that I could go in and meet with them and tell them how that we, that, that, that we managed that many people without having one incident without having one bit of trouble but over and over the local news broadcasters and 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 uh, 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 newspapers and media outlets would come would call would talk to me on the phone 
on more than a daily basis and would make their visits out here. They were looking for some, excuse me, but they were looking for some bad news. And I would tell every one of them, we don't have any bad news. I just don't have any bad news. These people are wonderful. We just aren't having any trouble. No, I don't have any problems with that. No, uh, you know, FEMA's been great and, and, and Beaumont's been great. And everybody, you know, everybody's doing everything they can. It's a tough day. But everybody that I'm meeting is doing everything they can. And they would just, you know, many times get frustrated and they would say, you know, uh, well, and, and they would leave. You know, and I know I have some media people in here, and I, I understand that, and it's no hit on you. But the reality is we never showed up on the news, at, except a, two good pieces that I remember, because we didn't have trouble. Unfortunately, most of the trouble, most of the pain, most of the problems that you see on your nightly news have been sought after have been chased down have been looked for because the far majority of the people here and all over the world without respect to where you may go without respect to the economic strata the age the stage the difficulties in life they are good people loving people caring people even the people that are at war today if you took away the bad actors from those who are at war today you would see people who all they want is just to make a living and to raise a family and just to live in peace they want to be able to send their kids to school they want to be able to enjoy their neighbors they want to be able to talk about the good things and and embrace the wonderful things that are happening they want to watch their families grow they want to have a job and they don't mind working hard let me tell you the world is filled with good people this is why God so loved the world God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for all of the wonderful people who were just wanting in life to make a living, raise a family, and live in peace. He gave his son so that they might know him and have their soul saved and be delivered from sin and be brought into an eternity in peace and in joy forever and ever with the Lord. That's why God wants to save the world. That's why God wants to spend eternity with you. That's why God wants you in his family is because he knows you're a good person. You're a loving person. You're a caring person. You're a kind person. Person. You're not one of those mean and nasty, evil. You know, those are very, very rare. The lost need to be saved. Jesus is in love with people. Jesus died for people. He gave his life in hopes of having an eternal relationship with your neighbor, with the person that you see when you go to school and you go shopping and you go to work, he wants them to have their eyes opened so that they can trust him. So that they can trust him. Well, you know, not only does God want the eyes of the lost opened so, he, so they can trust him, but God also wants the eyes of the saved open so they can trust Him. You remember I said you're faithful? You are. But we're going to look at some other people this morning who were faithful. Out of Mark, the 16th chapter. In Mark, chapter 16, the Bible says, 
verse 1, reading from the New Living Translation. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath had ended, Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary the mother of James went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. Okay? Now, follow along with me here. I would submit to you that, that Mary... Uh, Magdalene, Salome, and Mary, the mother of James, I would submit to you that these women were faithful, wouldn't you? I mean, these were faithful women. Think about it. As soon as they could, when the Sabbath was over, they went out and spent their money and bought some stuff so that they could take to Jesus. Jesus was surrounded by faithful people. I mean faithful people. People like Nicodemus who paid for spices to bury him in the first place. And Joseph of Arimathea, a faithful man. Jesus was surrounded by faithful people. And, and you know, and Peter and James and John and Nathaniel and, you know, Matthew and, uh, you know, I mean, surrounded by faithful people. Wow. Verse 2, very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. Here's some faithful people going out to the tomb very early in the morning. You know, we have some faithful Sunday school teachers upstairs working with the children right now. Faithful! No doubt one of them probably went and bought something they're using upstairs in their class. They probably got up early this morning or maybe stayed you know, late last night or during the week and, and, and worked so that they could show up and teach the children. I'm talking about some faithful people. You don't get more faithful than Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary, the mother of James. You don't get more faithful than these ladies. Verse 3. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll the stone away from us, for us from the entrance of the tomb? They were faithful, but they had a problem. There was an obstacle in their way. They had identified an obstacle, a hurdle. They were faithful to Jesus, and they were working for Jesus, and they cared about what they were doing, and they were wholly given to helping Jesus. But they forecast a problem in their future. Here's a problem. Here's a hurdle. Here's an obstacle. What, am, what, what can we do about this? Verse 4, but as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. <laughs> you know, it seems they were a bit surprised. The stone was just their newest and their biggest obstacle. These ladies were faithful. I'm telling you, they were faithful. However, they had no faith. Hold on. Don't shoot me down. I'm talking about Mary and Mary and Salome. I'm talking about the disciples. I'm talking about, you know, uh, Nicodemus. I'm, 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 I'm talking about, uh, you know, uh, Joseph of Arimathea. I'm, 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 I'm talking, you know, they were faithful, but they had no faith. What do you mean they had no faith? They didn't expect Jesus to be resurrected. What do you mean they didn't expect Jesus to be resurrected? I mean, it wasn't that they didn't know. It wasn't that they hadn't heard Jesus say it. It was just they didn't believe it. Let me show you back. Matthew 16, 21. 
From that time forth, Jesus began to show in his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. That's way back in Matthew 16. Jesus showed them how, how that was going to happen. How about chapter 17 of Matthew? Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised up, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. Why would you be sorrowful if you're going to be raised up the third day? Because they believe the part about dying, but not the part about resurrection. How about Matthew 20? Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock him, to scourge him, and to crucify him. And on the third day he will rise again. I mean, how many times do you have to tell somebody? I'm about to be killed, but count the days. From the day that I die on the third day, I'll be resurrected. And yet they didn't believe it. They weren't there. It looks to me like there would have been a whole crowd outside that place. That when Jesus came out, he'd have been coming out to a bunch of people going, yeah. He was surrounded by faithful people, but faithful people don't equal people with faith. You can be faithful and have no faith. They did. I think that's why that's put in there. You can be working for Jesus, faithful as the day is long, but only concerned about the biggest obstacle you're facing and not realizing that once you get there, the stone will be rolled aside. When you're going with Jesus, come on now. Look, uh, you know, it seems to me, as I said, that there should have been a whole crowd of people waiting outside the tomb that morning. But some were holed up in a room behind locked doors because they were confused and afraid. Do you know confusion and fear will keep you from having faith? Others were headed back home without hope. You know those two on the road to Emmaus? Yeah. They, they said, we hoped. We hoped that he was going to be the Messiah. Well, he was already resurrected. And here they were still hoping, but their hopes, they had no hope because their hopes had been shattered. Oh, this is some good stuff. Still others were grieving in disbelief that their dreams were shattered. And these ladies were faithfully continuing to work and to serve, yet they did not believe what Jesus had told them. Not just once, not twice, not three. Five times at least he told them, I'm going to be killed and then I'm going to be raised from the dead. I mean, come on now. Even the Pharisees and the Romans had some amount of faith. Matthew 27 on the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was alive how the deceiver said, After three days I will rise. <laughs> even the Pharisees and the chief priests and the Romans, even they were concerned he was going to get up on day three. I mean, Jesus is surrounded by faithful people, but the people with faith equal the angels that morning and, you know, the soldiers. Angels and soldiers. The people who were faithful were the people with the least faith that day. There were more unbelievers at the tomb that morning than there were believers. Matthew, excuse me, Luke chapter 24. You know, the angel... When, 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 this is what the angel said. He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you 
while you were still in Galilee, that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and raised on the third day? Hello? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Don't you remember he told you that he was going to get up on the third day? All we have here is just a case of people who love Jesus and who are faithful and just not believing him. Just not believing him because their disappointment is too big. Just not believing him because they're confused. Just not believing him because they're afraid. Not believing him because they see an obstacle in their future. A stone. I mean, how big does a stone have to get that God can't move? What is the obstacle in your life? What is it? Well, the morning of resurrection was filled with faithful people who were yet fearful and disappointed and grieving, and these were all faithful people with no faith. This morning, I want to encourage you to be reminded that Jesus has already conquered the biggest thing that anyone could face. And he overcame it. Victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And then he gave that victory to you. This morning, if you have not been born again, if you have not made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you need to have your eyes opened. He loves you. And the people around you are good people, loving people, kind people, caring people. But yet everyone needs Jesus. The rare, few, evil, antagonistic people, don't let them create and dominate the narrative of your life. Don't let somebody else, especially a hypocrite, stand between you and Jesus. Invite Jesus into your heart. It's simple. You can simply just acknowledge that you believe in God. You know you do. You know you do. And you know that God gave His Son on the cross of Calvary. God has made sure you have enough faith to believe that. Acknowledge that you do. Right there where you are, right now, you can ask Jesus to come into your heart. Simply, just the simple words of your mouth, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Save my soul. Teach me. Show me. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. You can do that, and it will change your life forever. I have a message for the lost, get saved. But my message this morning is primarily to the saved, even to the faithful today. I believe that God needs the faithful to keep being faithful, but he needs the faithful to get some faith. Some faith that the next obstacle that you face is not going to be the one that puts you in the grave. It's going to be the one that sets you free. Because when you get there, just like our text said, they found that the stone had already been rolled away. Reminds me of the man who came to Jesus because his son was in need of help. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, in Mark 9, verse 23, if you can believe, 
All things are possible to him who believes. This is what the man said. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I think that's where we have all found ourselves from time to time. The lost need to be saved. The saved need to have faith. This morning I'm going to ask you, if you're not born again, to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. But this morning I am going to challenge those of you who are saved, especially those who are faithful. Don't get so caught up in the work of God. Don't get so caught up serving Jesus and being good and kind and loving. Don't get so caught up being faithful that you forget to stir up your faith. What is it that you could yet believe God for? What is it? What mountain do you yet need to climb or need to move? What is it in your life that you need faith for? You can trust God for something bigger than you can move. He can move it. He can yet move mountains. For those of you at home and those of you here, would you just bow your head for just a moment and allow me to pray and seal this word in our hearts and you consider what you could ask God for. Would you just grow your faith, stir up your faith? God knows you're faithful. Just like these women that went to the tomb early that morning, they were faithful, but they did not believe what Jesus had said. They didn't believe that a miracle could happen that would overshadow their disappointment, that would change their life forever. They were wrong. You can believe God today. You can trust God that the mountain will move. The stone will roll away. Jesus will be victorious. Be faithful to God and believe what he's told you. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would seal this word in our hearts today. God, and those, Lord, that may be lost, Father, Lord, uh, uh, draw them to you, Lord, so that they call upon you and their souls are saved, God. Lord, for the faithful, the loving, the kind, the caring, Lord, help us, God, to, to, to look around us and to realize how much you love the world and why you love the world. Lord, help us, God, to avoid allowing those evil and nasty people, the rare people that we run into, Lord, that are, that are just uh, not representative of, 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 of the hearts, Lord, of, of the masses. Lord, help us, God, not to allow them to write the narrative or to spell truth for us. God, I pray, sir, that would we be ever vigilant in our faithfulness, Lord, to share Christ with others. But, Lord, while we are sharing, Lord, the love of Jesus, may we also, Lord, stir up faith in our hearts, faith that rises above our disappointments, faith that rises above our confusion and the questions that we don't have answers to, faith that rises above our fear and faith that rises above the humdrum day-in and day-out mundane things of life, God. Help us, sir, to reach through, Father, and to trust your word, Lord, to trust what you said. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for surrounding us with such good and wonderful people, God. Lord, help us, God, to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor 
and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.